You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Hey, it's Bilal Bakani at Bilal B87 on Twitter and Instagram. And tonight, along with my great panel of Alex Ross, good old AR, Daniel Shahori, my second favorite Daniel, I have learned a great truth potentially from Alex. Survivor is better than AEW Dynamite. What do you think, Alex, after watching both at the same time? So I've perfected my Wednesday television routine. Six o'clock, Judge Judy for two episodes, then Wheel of Fortune, then Jeopardy, then Survivor, and now AEW second hour at nine o'clock. I think that is perfection when it comes to Wednesday night TV watching. And I got to say, I've only caught glimpses of AEW, but after Survivor was over and it was a good episode of Survivor, AEW kept my attention up for that final hour of television. So thank you, Chris Jericho. All right, so let's get right into it from there. And I sort of do these differently from the WWE ones. I do them in sequence, partly to make them easier to pick apart, but also because it's easier. Um, Let's start with how the show began with Jake Roberts. He cut a great promo, but I think the criticism I have for this, Daniel, is this was more of a Jake Roberts promo than it was a Lance Archer promo. And that kind of defeats the purpose of this. He's supposed to be getting Archer over, and he's just getting himself over. You know what? I I actually, that was the one thing I missed. I I joined the show a few minutes late. Um, Mm -hmm. I couldn't find a a proper stream for it. But to that, to your criticism, I've been, uh, I've heard this. I felt this as well. Uh, I've heard the comparison where, Paul Heyman does a great job but because he, he's always talking about Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. But Jake Roberts is basically just talking about himself and how he feels about all these things. And he rarely does he speak about Lance Art. Yeah, so there's a big difference. Yeah, and it's one of those things where he prefaced him at the back. Uh, Alex, did you catch any of the Roberts promo or were you still very deep in Survivor at this point? Yeah, I only caught the second uh, set of promos with the former UFC guy Hager so let's okay. talk, get me in when that comes through. okay so I'll come back to you Alex just want to make sure because that's what I thought but I didn't want to be rude um so yeah it's pretty much what you would expect Jake 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 by the way I'm representing this guy Lance Archer Lance 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 and then we go to uh the arena we've got Jericho do- joining Tony Schiavone because COVID-19 uh and they're on commentary Jericho's terrific throughout the night I'm sure we'll mention that you know at multiple times so the murder hawk himself, Lance Archer, came out, obviously not with Jake Roberts, uh, to face just a man because they, they didn't introduce this guy at all. This is one of my biggest issues with AEW. It's just like, you know, we've got this guy, Lance Archer. We've told you about him for five minutes. And now some guy's just in the ring. And halfway, uh, maybe a minute into the match, Jericho was like, oh, this guy's name is Alan Angles or whatever. And he got killed. Um, and uh, the murder hawk will be part of the TNT title tournament next week. I know they've got to stretch stuff out, but we saw him squash somebody uh, last week. I think it was Marco Stunt. Uh, this did nothing more for me. He also had the promo where he qu- crushed like 10 no-name guys. So I don't know why you would go from crushing, uh, and I might even be mixing him up with uh, Brody Lee now because the, the storylines are the same. But I don't know, like, Daniel, does this do anything for you? Like, it's just default squash 10,000. Uh, well, I, I guess they, there's only so many name value people that they have there at the moment. And I, I obviously like th- this whole thing has just thrown a wrench into many of their plans. So yeah, he, and he came, he has a very similar gimmick to um, Brody Lee or they look the same. They're very similar. 
and they came at the exact same time uh, as well with on the same week as as Matt Hardy uh, so they all, and but, but so the three of them have really nobody to work with I mean the rosters is what a fraction of what it, what it should be there's only, only so many local so this this is what you're getting and it's unfortunate yeah, and I wonder with uh, Brody, who we'll get to later, if maybe they should be utilizing him in six-man tags, using his minions as, as, as you, know, f- you know, just decoys, basically. Um, but we'll get into that more later. Let's talk about Britt Baker. Dr. Britt Baker should be very upset yes. if I didn't mention that. Um, and as she came out, being introduced from Pittsburgh, I was reminded she's the worst thing to come out of Pittsburgh since Corey Graves. Um, <laughs> I also really hate that she's dating Adam Cole. Because Adam Cole is literally my favorite wrestler, and I believe Britt Baker is my least favorite. So that's a bizarre pairing if I ever thought of one. Uh, but I'm sure they're very happy. She was taking on Hikiro uh, Shida. I was in trouble with her name. And she is ranked number one in the women's division. But my oh my, has it come up uh, in 2020? Because I didn't even realize I looked at her graphic. Her all time record is only 11 and 5. So she has literally had a 50 50 career. And just in the last couple of months, they've decided they want to push this person. And I, I got to be honest with you, Daniel. This is one of my big... I know they don't have the depth anywhere near of, of NXT's women's division. This is the biggest gaping hole between these two brands. But dear God, what is the character of Sheeta? I don't even know. Like, she is a woman? What is her character? Oh, I don't know either. You're right. Uh, they, they haven't done a whole lot to... Because she, she shows up so uh, infrequently as well, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and uh, even though the, you see that record, it sounds like she's on TV every week. You don't see her every week. You, uh, the, these numbers are being built through AEW Dark, I yep. suppose, yep. as well as... I don't know if they're counting house shows. I don't know if they do house shows. I don't uh, think but, so. That's a great question. I, don't, I have no idea. But I certainly haven't seen 17 matches of hers. Uh, so, again, she, she shows up on the main show very infrequently, so I don't know her very well. And it didn't help that they, you know, in the process of having her beat Britt Baker, they really tried very hard to put Baker over, and they did this awful spot where before she even did the spot, Jericho and Tony Schiavone are putting her over because she knows where the hard camera is. As soon as they say that, Baker starts looking at every camera, and she looked like the biggest <laughs> idiot of the week. Like, And I'm including WrestleMania. There are a lot of idiots at WrestleMania. She looks so stupid because literally her instructions and for someone to understand the hard camera, you should understand that it changes and it will change with you, not you change with the hard camera. Like she was so stupid here and I can't believe no one had the balls or the guts or the testosterone to say, no, Brit, this is how you do it. You don't follow the red light. Are you an idiot? Because she looked look, for a dentist. This is the stupidest I've ever seen her look. Um, and then she starts talking down to the camera and expecting a response from Tony Schiavone. Like, it would be one thing if she just yelled at the camera and called out Tony, but it just seemed like she wanted messages relayed and it was just too much. If she just said, hey, I'm a dentist, show my, you know, here are my teeth, that would have been enough. But this was way too much. Um, Sheeta won the match. There was a weird spot where Baker was trying to get her submission in and she was demanding a glove from the referee, which I think is very hygienic, but uh, sort, sort of unnecessary. I just came away from this saying, I don't know who she is. I really don't know who she is, except from she's a woman who has these wins and losses. Like, there's nothing else here. Um, she's going to get killed by, I thought it was Awesome Kong, but I realized later it was Nyla Rose who's the champion. I don't even remember who the women's champion is because she, I haven't seen her in a couple of months. And, we haven't seen her. Yeah, and she could have cut a Skype thing. Like, this is the thing. I know people physically aren't there, 
but have them cut Skype promos on their phones or anything, anything. Send a camera person out to her. I don't, you have resources at TNT, geez. Uh, and with Baker, like, they, they need to understand that she is very good in very specific situations. And you cannot just apply that to a totally different situation and expect her to be good. I think this match exposed her as uh, someone who's a one-trick pony. She's very good at cutting a promo with Tony Schiavone. I don't really think she's good at anything else, Daniel, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, and yet, I, I, I still think she improves every yeah, time I see her. Yep. Um, uh, especially the character. And mm. I, I, you know what? I'm a fan. I, I like her. I know she's not... Um, you know, she, she's not as good in the ring as most of the main WWE roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really do like that character. And it's clear that they do see, they keep beating her. But, but I, I guess they, they, they believe that it's not hurting her. And I, and I don't think it is hurting her. I think she's, one day, she will mm-hmm. click on all categories. And she will be, she's going to be the top woman in that division at some point in time. I am not looking forward to that. Uh, moving on, Kenny Omega and Michael uh, Nakazawa, they were backstage in that little one, the one trailer that AEW seems to have control over. Um, and they wanted, uh, or Nakazawa was trying to tell Kenny, they wa- he wanted to call, what were we going to call this team? And eventually they sort of settled. He threw out the idea of best friends. And it, it seemed like Nakazawa genuinely did not think about the fact they were facing the best friends, which was very cute, I have to admit. Uh, of course, out of nowhere, Orange Cassidy just, I don't know, came out of the washroom. Is maybe there for mm. days. I have no idea, which is hilarious. Or at least hours. And the other best friends, apparently they were just listening outside. So again, why Cassidy was... Uh, that's creepy. Yeah, well, it's like, if they were outside, why was Orange not with them? Why was he in this... I'm assuming it's a washroom. And why were they just sitting outside, lurking? Yeah, I, I kind of... This is the sort of nonsense I can kind of enjoy on a goofy level. Uh, they came in and decided to put their name on the line, even though Kenny clearly didn't want it. Uh, and I, you know, this was fun up until that point. Once they said, I'm like, oh, great. Now the best friends have to win. Because I actually genuinely would have liked it if, you know, we'll go into this more later, if Kenny and Mike won, and then we could have maybe yes. go to see. Actually, yes. You know, but uh, this just kind of spoiled the match we got later to some extent for me. I was, I was kind of disappointed. And if you just yeah, think it was fun, you know? I Because... It actually got, I wasn't interested in the match until that stipulation got invented. I was like, oh, I like this stip, just because that would have been funny. I, but yeah, and then what happened, what happened? I, I, I wasn't a big fan of the match. Yeah, uh, let, let's keep going here because I know we're still not up to Alex level because of Survivor. Uh, again, I don't blame him. Uh, the, uh, we got the ratings report from Excalibur. I sorry, I wrote his name really badly there, so I had no idea what that said, and even though I typed it. Uh, and he went through the, the rankings. And I, I really love this idea of taking I the rankings that they do on YouTube and putting them in the show. But typical AEW, they implemented these very poorly because clearly they were pre-taped and he was making specific reference to the women's division. And we had just watched Baker face yeah. Sheeta. And I just, you know, you could, if you go back and if you had taken, you know, I know you want to start it with a match, but he didn't, what division, he hit the tag team division. He hit the women's division. What was the? Did he cover any other? I think those were the two divisions he talked about. Correct. I believe so. Yeah. So I think if you had taken something uh, like a singles match, like the Brody Lee match, and just placed it higher on this card, and then placed this shortly after, this could have worked. Um, but it just it didn't. It just I, I can't believe someone didn't write a rundown and go. Oh wait, 
this is going to be dated by the time we play it. I just, I, I just couldn't believe it. Right. Uh, I'm sure yeah. that's that, you know, this is bound to happen when you're taping or I'm hearing like four weeks in advance. I'm sure they are, uh, confusing themselves and they did that very quickly as well so yeah. this could happen again i uh, believe this happened later in the show that we'll get to where they, it seemed that they uh played very similar video packs back to oh, back yeah i'm looking forward right to that. so i mean this is this is what's happening right now and this is the world that they're in i'm not making excuses for mm -hmm. them yeah, um, i think it's good to remind people for sure because I, I think this is a new problem i think a lot of the stuff we talk about are consistent problems with the product but i will grant you this is a brand new problem uh, and this is a way, and they're sort of addressing a bigger problem, which is filling the show with content. And this is, again, a good way, because I just genuinely would skip this on YouTube, but I appreciated it here because it was a nice compliment to everything they were doing, and it gave it more of a sporty feel. Uh, we did finally get the, or no, sorry, I don't think we got the best friends at this point. I think I just wrote it down again for some reason. So moving on, we had a John Moxley and Jack Swagger. They had a, a pretty good video package up until the point where Swagger's wife was in this. And, and nothing against her. She seems like a great lady. But I don't think she added any level beyond um, the fact that she probably has sex with Jack Swagger. I don't know what insight she necessarily added. Like there is a way to implement a wife uh, and, and a dynamic. Like we just saw it done so well with Beth Phoenix and Edge. And I get it. She's a wrestler. She has more to offer. But it can be done very well. This just felt like they needed to fill time. And they're like, oh, his wife's here. She works out. We'll just put her in this package. And then at some point, Daniel, did, did you just interview some other guy at the gym with Swagger? What the hell was that? The other guy was his MMA coach. Oh, okay, okay. So it's a little bit better than I thought. And I think they're, it looks like they're, or they are, they're making uh, Jake's wife a character. She's going to be, she seems to have a more and more of a bigger role every time we see her. So I imagine they're going to work her into storylines soon. Uh, you know, that's what it looks like. Yeah, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully there's something good here. Um, but you're also introducing this character in a feud with John Moxley, and you just reminded his wife works for WWE, and you just I just don't think this was the. And I don't really feel like Swagger should be in this title shot at all. Like I don't think he has any chance of winning this. And the fact that we're now that he is not a strong enough character that we have to introduce his wife, we have to introduce whatever his training partner like. I think this just speaks to how miscast he is in this rivalry. We'll get into this later in terms of all the guys who should be on this main card, who should be on the, the top card in the title picture. And, you know, we talked about this. There's a bunch of ex-WWE guys on there. And what the hell is the point of developing this anti-product if you're just going to stick a bunch of old WWE guys up there? It's like WCW all over again. Like, build new stars. You have plenty of people on this roster who would be better yes. against Moxley? And I'm not even saying take the title off Moxley now. I get it. This is his time. But, man, like we'll talk about it more later when we get to those guys. Uh, Alex, how have you returned? Because this is the part of the show I believe you watch. Yeah. Okay. What did you uh, think of, of, of this promo with Swagger, his wife, and apparently his workout partner? I don't even trust Daniel on that and Mo John Moxley, who's the AW world champion. When I first tuned in, I was like, am I watching The Ultimate Fighter? Is this <laughs> like a, a throwback oh, to what was an amazing show, uh, Spike TV, if I remember correctly. You know, pretty girls and UFC aside, uh, I didn't realize that AEW was kind of like an NXT, but even looked even more amateur. These fighters mm -hmm. look like they're like right off the street. So... I'm kind of interested because it's not these big giant 
WWE warriors that yep. Vince is obsessed with. So it kind of is, makes it a little bit more of a level playing field. Like it's a little bit more understandable, but at the same time, it also, it's easier to be a lot more boring because mm -hmm. it seems just kind of plain Jane. And I can understand why Vince goes for more of a comic book approach. Mm -hmm. And when it came down to the actual promo itself, I'm like, okay, I'm actually interested to see these guys fight next week. So they, I was impressed with how effective the promo was. I'm going to move right on because that, that sums it up. Well, I don't want to spend longer talking about this promo than the promo actually was. Um, in another production, and again, I, I just I have to point these things out because I know there's a bunch of marks out there who geek out on great wrestling, but I'm sorry, this production stuff is hilarious. Uh, they aired another video package. Like, have you guys never heard of a television rundown? You don't air two of the same in the same rundown. You don't do two cute pet stories in a row in the national news. These guys are idiots. I'm sorry. Uh, they showed us Cody versus Spears. Uh, and I just, like, I don't want to watch two video packages in a row. Like, it felt like a crappy clip show. And I just, I already am going into this thinking Spears has no chance. Cody uh, cannot fight for the world title. So he needs this TNT title, or at least to compete for it in this tournament. And Spears has another storyline where he's looking for a tag team partner. And I don't think this video package did much aside from, oh, by the way, these guys have history, blah, 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 blah. Here's our footage. Ah, it did nothing for me. Did you do anything for you, Daniel? Well, the, the, the storylines, should, they shouldn't be facing each other right now. But they are, they are sort of mending as they go because they have to. And, again, I think they – I'll go. I keep going back to them mm -hmm. taping four weeks in yeah. advance. They deserve a lot of the credit. Planning for that, for that. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, not not uh, not even necessarily for credit. Just that I imagine that was they tripped up and just in their thinking and how they were planning things and having to. Well, who do we have this day? Who can we use here? Mm -hmm. We can't use this guy now because we need to use him next week on this show. And then them just having to self-edit as they went along and then you run into these problems they shouldn't have even had a match but I, I guess it was the most logical person for him to face with what they had alex what did you think of this video package sort of being newer to the product like what were your takeaways which one are we talking about brody lee or the hager uh no cody and spears the first video package right after the mma swagger stuff like they aired another package so right after that. I, I like that they're doing this for kind of like uh, quarterfinals, if you will, mm -hmm. this kind of championship setup that they got going. It yeah, keeps me interested. I understand that there are four matches with mm -hmm. eight wrestlers going yep. towards an actual championship, the TNT championship. As a casual fan, they got me really informed. It was effective. Good. You know, yeah, like I, I totally understand the logistics now versus watching WWE when I have no idea why people are fighting, what they're working towards. Mm -hmm. So AEW definitely gets a point for organization. Yeah, I'll give him this. Uh, the, the current U.S. champion in WWE is Andrade, and he's nowhere to be found for the second time. So they definitely get some credit for that. Uh, Daniel, I do, while we're on this, I hate that they call this the TNT title. I hate that it's not a trios championship. And I, I hate a lot of the construction of this tournament, which we won't get into all of it. But I, I know where we're going to go. We're going to get Corey and, and Cody and Lance. But it's so painfully obvious. Like, they're telegraphing the finals, like, at the beginning of this show. Like, I, yeah. I know, you know, back to what you were saying, but it's just, you, you could have, you know, I almost rather they do a battle royal and it would be Cody and Lance just annihilating people. 
maybe even being forced to work together, and then we just get the two of them. I know it's a very WWE to think way to think, but I just I can't I just can't get invested okay. knowing exactly so, where they're going to go over the course of these next five matches or whatever it is. How many people would you have in this battle royal during the social distancing? Yeah, era? yeah well. Look, you, it's a good point, but, you know, uh, they, they, they've already got five people on each side of the ring, if not more. I, I don't think they're, they're not really, I know they're not, they're observing it more in the ring, but they're definitely not observing it at ringside. So, you know, I, I think no. putting hairs at that point. And again, I give them extra credit for taping stuff in advance. WWE is trying to do secret recordings and stuff, and that's pretty irresponsible. Uh, speaking of irresponsible, the best friends took on Mike and Kenny Omega. I'm just going to call them Mike and Kenny. Um, and I want to shout this out for Alex. I was trying to explain Orange Cassidy to him. And I basically <laughs> resolved to just call him a poor man's Sami Zayn. Uh, but I actually think he's got more potential. potential uh, and we've sort of had Sami for a lot of time. So I still have hope for young uh, Orange Cassidy. I do not have hope for Sami Zayn, even though he's the Intercontinental Champion. The weirdest thing of this match, uh, aside from it happening, and obviously Hangman Page was clearly not available, or he'd be part of this, uh, Sean Spears, who we just... Like, I'm sorry, didn't we just see his video package? It didn't even click into me before. We just got hyped that he was going to be in the main event. He was going in this tournament. Sean Spears wants to be the TNT champion. Oh, by the way, he's ringside looking for a tag team partner. Ooh, what? He is Tully Blanchard, one of the four horse per women or men. I can't even think. Managing him, looking for a tag team partner. They had a global search. He has online submissions. And he's at ringside. And he's not trying to get one of the best friends. He's not trying to recruit Orange Cassidy. He's not trying to recruit Kenny Omega, one of the greatest wrestlers in the world. He is trying to recruit Michael Nakazawa, a glorified jobber for his entire AEW career. And I just, I can't even, and he's also a heel cheering on a face on a night where he's in the main event. Like, this was one of the most broken things I've honestly seen in all, all of AEW, and I love picking all this stuff out. Uh, the match itself was fine. There's a great spot by Cassidy. And of course, the best friends had to keep their name. That was never in question. And there was a nice, cute little five-person hug. And at the end of it, Spears was like, nope, I don't want Kenny on there. He just yelled in the ring. But Daniel, is there any explanation to the stupidity of all of this? Because this was such a nothing. We knew the finish. We knew nothing was going to change. Like, this was totally useless. I am not going to disagree with you at all. I, in this case, I feel Sean Spears has been grossly mishandled, the storyline. Again, a lot of it is due to circumstances because that, that storyline is really on hold. But you're right. So it makes no sense, even in, in this current context, that he would be recruiting the lowest of the low or trying to. Mm -hmm. And why he's not going... You're right. A lot of it does not make sense. It's the wrong time for it. But again, he, they started this, this gimmick and then they had to stop it because... They're not interacting with anybody from the outside no, world right now. Couldn't they continue it? You have Tully Blanchard, who's a great manager. I get that he can't be there, but we saw Matt Hardy later in the night. We'll talk about his remotely shot video. And they have all of these online submissions. And honestly, Daniel, didn't those online submissions suck? Remember the video they aired of all of them? Like, how do yeah, you... Yeah, well, they were just getting going. Yeah, but like, uh, how, do you, I, how... Go ahead. I know, I agree with you. But look, it's being mishandled. And especially when we get to the match later. Because yeah. seeing all this and the choices that he makes, and then we'll get to when we get to the match, because I was kind of appalled by the finish of this match, but we'll get there. Yeah, Alex, what did you think of all this as, I'm sure, a very confused first-time watcher of AW Dynamite? 
Matt Hardy, man, where's that guy been? Holy. You are like five matches too. You're five segments too early for Matt Hardy. Just best friends tag. I know you're confused, but we're. I'm so confused. confused. So to, well, it's confusing to watch. Like, it's confusing to watch if you're an AEW fan. If you say you tuned out for the last month, you'd be so confused what was happening. Oh man, and why? Why are they all hugging? Why is everybody so like nice to each other? Daniel. And they just fought each other. Um, well, that's their. I mean, they they were fighting uh, other guys. They're they're two baby face teams, and they're all you know. So the the best friends get because they hug each other because they're best friends. And if they're around other baby faces, then they hug them as well. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah, that was good. I, I, I you know what? I'll say this about the best friends. I love their music. I love their gimmick. I want Orange Cassidy to be the world champion because if anybody okay. hasn't seen him, I don't know who's listening to this podcast and hasn't seen Orange Cassidy, but he is like the millennial nonchalant guy, you know, and maybe he's younger than that, but he, he could be the new generation Stone Cold Steve Austin. I actually think if they, yeah, wow, yes. really? Yeah. He I, know, I, I know Alex, it was weird for, to hear that based on what you saw from this character. Yeah. But there, if you, you got to see him in front of an audience and you got to see, uh, this kid can actually go when he wants mm. to. And, but he doesn't uh, want to, which is a great gimmick. You got to see this kid. You got to see him in interviews and how he, how the, the crowd just adores him. Yeah, he <clears throat> is the most over guy, I think, in wrestling. And Definitely. The, the fact that, you know, I compared him to Lana, because only his is a manager. <laughs> like, he has the odd fight, but it's of no consequence. He's obviously a much better in-ring p- performer than Lana. But he's, he's like almost eye candy out there. He really is because we all see him. Yep. And we're just like, oh, great. And then, and then we get nothing out of him. Except the he, crowd just wants us to see him, right? Yeah. yeah. Was he Alex, in the match? No, he just no, he was just at ringside. Spot. Yeah, like he like got he, in the ring. He had a spot, yeah. yeah. And the ref did nothing because it's or, no, like you know, right. COVID. I, I know. It's silly. No, but they would – and we'll get into this in the main event. Like the rules are sort of a point of contention that we'll get into more. Um, but obviously in this context, he's a fun guy. Like, you'll cut him some slack. Uh, we'll move on here because, uh, you know, I love Arn Cassie. I think that's about the nicest thing I'll say about AEW, so we'll just leave that over there. Uh, Brody Lee had another video, uh, and essentially, for, for a lot of people who don't know, he's basically playing a version of the Vince McMahon character. That's his gimmick. Yes. Because whatever the Dark Order was, I, I don't know what it is anymore. So he shows up in an SUV. I assume some woman opens the door for him. I don't know what that, like that didn't add anything to the story, but she was there. Uh, and he goes up to three members of the Dark Order. One has a tie and a shirt on for, I don't know what reason. And the other guys are dressed in sort of, you know, athletic gear. And he gives a, a very short speech about dressing basically for success. Um, ripped two minions. Uh, he made some point that, oh, you wouldn't dress that way in an airport, but no, people do dress that way in the airport. So that made no, like half of his promo was garbage. Uh, and then the one who had a tie on went in the building with him. Uh, and I'm not even sure if that was one of the minions who came to ringside for him. I don't even think he did. So I'm not sure what the minion was rewarded with, like a Snickers. I have no idea. Um, this was such a nothing. Oh, yeah. I, you know, didn't was, follow up on that, did they? Yeah, like, this was just... Nothing at nothing, and they're sort of still digging at Vince, I think. I don't even get what the dig was. Daniel, did you read anything else into this? Because I just was waiting for a punchline or a message or, like, anything, and there's nothing. Which part? Like, the part of about the airport speech? and Yeah, anything. Like, this was just guy shows up in car, 
talks about another Vincentism for sure. I guess uh, I thought it was just that the one guy's shirt was pressed and the other two guys had wrinkly shirts. I think that's what his beef was. Well, one was a and, dress shirt and the others were workout shirts. So I thought it was the actual shirts themselves. Like maybe this was also, this was also not clear, and I, I didn't even think of it that way. You're right; it wasn't clear. Like um, if he had said a tie, because he was wearing a tie, that would have at least been explicit, you know. So this is definitely a Vinceism. It, it's something where Vince would have said to somebody at some point about how they dress at the airport. You need mm-hmm. to look like a. I've heard that many times. Like he, you mm-hmm. need to look like a star when you walk through an airport, right? People need to look at, even if they don't know who you are, they go, oh, that person's a star. That's a big thing with him. Mm. Um, ah. So another thing with this storyline, so he, mm. Brody Lee gets introduced, all this shit happens in the world, mm. and now Evil Uno and the, and the other two guys that were leading this whole story are mm. gone. So mm. They can't be there. So now there's, there's Brody Lee and then these like minions. number eight and nine minions. Mm-hmm. So there's a gap in the, in their own story with this, that they've lost the people that were telling the story for months and months and months. Yeah. Alex, did you get anything out of this? this you're talking about the Brody Lee video package. Yeah. yeah. Brody Lee seems cool as a character. He's kind of got this like Braun Strowman kind of vibe going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the minions. Well, did you know him from WWE? No. Oh, I, so it was he? Like us? He, he was Luke character. Harper. He was in the Wyatt. He was That's in the Wyatt family. Huh? Like like with Braun Strowman. Bray Wyatt. He yeah. was with. He was with Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman for a while. Yeah. Cool. And he got. So, do you think AEW are just picking these guys up? Is that that's what it looks the, like. Uh, yeah, because that... they, they, they don't have their own creative ideas. Honestly, that's what so it far. like. They took a WWE guy and they gave a Vince McMahon gimmick because they couldn't think of anything better. Um, we're actually down to 10 minutes, so I'm going to fire through the stuff a little quicker, and I think there's not a lot left anyways, but just so we keep going. Um, and Alex, you can ask us more questions about uh, Brody Lee anytime. I don't want you to feel discouraged there. Uh, I'm okay. A- an hour after her match, we got a backstage interview with Britt Baker, and clearly she, the blood was still fresh. So why they aired this an hour after her match, I have no effing clue who the hell is producing this show. I think they're on acid. Um, she told us she oh, was... That's true. And that was all I gleaned from this. Uh, Daniel, did you say anything else of any note aside from the fact she's a dentist? Because I don't care. No. About I was distracted. I was like, why haven't you wiped your face yet? Yeah. Like, you're a dentist. Why would you wait an hour to get medical attention? In, the, in this day and age? Why haven't you cleaned yourself thoroughly? That's ridiculous. Yeah. I just, Alex, what did you think of this? Because I know you didn't even see the match. So what the hell did you think as an hour or two? Yeah, so I put, I put two and two together that it was a match before that I missed. But it was actually quite shocking. The shock value was pretty good for me to just tune in and I see this bloody, beautiful woman mm. on television. And I'm just like, wow, like this, this shock value had me interested, but she didn't have She's the dentist. Best. Yeah. She didn't have a lot to say other mm. than that. She was a dentist. I was like, Oh, it's Good like, for you. Uh, they're just letting, they're letting anybody wrestle these <laughs> days. A and W so amateur that they have to like promote that she has a day job. Oh man, that's great. Uh, move. <laughs> Anyways, I, I can make a Yakov, you know, whatever Kane's old character was. Can't remember the name now, but uh, moving on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Isaac yeah. Yankum. Isaac Yakum. That's what I'm thinking of when you say that. It's so, uh, so on point. Uh, you know, this is a first impression. But anyways, we got another 
Tager video. I honestly don't even believe it as I'm saying it. I honestly thought, Daniel, this was the same one, and I miss Zeb Coulter dearly. Uh, and they also ended this on another lazy swear. I hate that AW's like, was that good? I don't know. Just swear at the end and we'll bleep it. Maybe people will think it's good. What the hell was this? Well, it was the, also, it was the first time you really got to hear Jake Hager speak in this company because he's been pretty silent, up, but now he was doing most of the talking. So suddenly it was, so it was suddenly jarring because he went from being mute to a couple little words. Now he, he was, uh, this, is the, in fact, this is the most personality this, this guy or Jack Swagger ever had. He's never showed this much personality in a promo. In fact, he went a little bit too far because I think he forgot that he was a heel in the in this feud because oh. you know he was like I'm I'm fighting for my family. I want to give my my wife who deserves it. I want to give her a better life, and I want to support all the people that have supported me. I was like, dude, you're the heel here. You're not like you're making me go. Yeah, I could. I want you to win, man. So I think he went he went a little bit too far there. <clears throat> All right, let's uh, let's keep uh, Alex. Quick thoughts on this. We're, we're coming up on five minutes here, so we're really gonna have to fire through the end of this. Yeah, it was another package, and I wanted more wrestling at this point, and mm-hmm. it wasn't as dramatic as I would like to. It it seemed very amateur. Uh, quickly, the best thing of this show, and I don't really have to say anything about it. Matt Hardy at his count yep. compound, being crazy, basically doing crowd work on the entire AEW roster. It seemed. <laughs> Uh, Daniel, this is this is as good as it gets, I think, in anything going on in wrestling right now. Yeah, it's good to see this character again, and uh, he's it's refreshing. It's a shame, the only shame, even though uh, I like it, it works better being recorded than in front of a crowd. So uh, I'm very happy with this. Alex, uh, I, I it's nice to know Matt Hardy has a nice big house. All those uh, <laughs> WWE dollars are clearly serving him well, but does he need to wrestle anymore? Does he need to be doing this anymore? Like mm. some people need to just leave, you know, when their prime was their prime. Finally, the main event, and I use that term very lightly with AEW. Um, by the way, no pitcher in picture, so they dropped the ball on that. Uh, we had, oh, I'm sorry. There was another Sean Spears and Cody video. I couldn't even be bothered to write an O on the video. I was so disappointed at this point. I put it in all caps. Um, and then we finally had Sean Spears versus Cody. Um, at some point, uh, Sean Spears just started deassembling the guardrail and there was a count out going while he was using the guardrail as a weapon. This was so all over the place. Cody Rhodes won with a figure four, but it was a pin. Like, I, I don't even know where to begin with any of this, Daniel. I just, I completely tuned out of this match. This is probably the least interesting main event I think I've seen in years. Honestly, I couldn't care about any of this. I had a very big problem with this match. Uh, it went too long. It, uh, Sean Spears got far too much offense. And then he kicked out of two finisher. He oh, yeah. put the, the fact that he did the cro- Cody did the crossroads twice, mm. did it once, effectively, picked him up, did it again, and then in the first round of a nothing tournament, he kicks out of? Oh, I was like, I, I was really surprised by that. And then, and then, and then, he, pin, he pins him with a figure four. Just like Jericho said, I've never seen this in 30 years. No one's ever been pinned with a figure four. Yeah, no one's jumped off a cliff, in the, off a certain cliff. Doesn't mean someone should do it. Uh, Alex, what do you no. think of it? <laughs> I actually like that finisher. A little bit of combo action. Jericho's commentary throughout the whole night was yeah. unbelievable. Just Excellent. taking shots at everybody. I was very impressed. Uh, the match itself, I wasn't paying that much attention as much as Daniel was. Clearly, 
I thought it was okay. And uh, like I said, it, I totally understood this kind of quarterfinal mm. matches idea. And that's kind of all I really cared about. It's the first of what you guys are saying is four weeks of pre-taped championship fighting. Uh, I'm actually kind of excited for now. Yeah, no, no. I think they they built it up well. Uh, we're, we're down to about uh, two minutes here. Two and a half minutes, roughly. My timer is weirdly jumping around. Uh, Daniel, what were your overall thoughts on the night or anything you want to get into before we go here? I think that I think we were all been dancing around it. My favorite thing about the whole night was just the pairing of Tony Schiavone and Chris Jericho on commentary. Mm. That was a real treat. It was really good. Like a long-term wrestling fan. Uh, it reminded me of the old Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heaton, like their wow. chemistry with one another. That's how it reminded me tonight. It was a lot of fun having them both together like that. Uh, Alex, uh, anything else you want to throw in? Any other observations, jokes? Yeah, well, you know, you got to give it to Chris Jericho. He's killing it at the AEW. I love how Matt, Matt Hardy was uh, – I think I have burgers on the brain. Uh, Matt Hardy was, was calling him the asshole in French, which I thought was hilarious. Oh, I like that as a little bit of a rivalry, these, like, ex-WWE guys. But Chris Jericho really shines as the narrator – of mm. the dark side of the ring on Vice yes, he does. Canada. The fact that they gave I him watched, the whole uh, season. Yeah. Did you watch last night? Yes, I sure did. Oh, what did you think of the Brawl for All episode? It wasn't their best episode, but it was definitely... No, but I was one. so excited for that, because that's a topic that I always forget about. I forget every few years that they did this once upon a time, and I was really excited to see it. Yeah, this Dr. Death character. I didn't even really know who Dr. Death was. I'm learning about him through... That's why. Yeah, that's why. (laughs) Spoiler alert. It's okay. I'm probably not going to watch it. Uh, The final minute, I just want to say, push Orange Cassidy. I don't care if he faces John Moxley. I would have loved to see him in this TNT tournament. Uh, I think he's great. Uh, Daniel, thank you as always. Good old AR, Alex Ross. Uh, boys, maybe we'll do this again. Maybe we'll do SmackDown next week. How's that sound? Oh, the, God. The, I've the never... non-existent SmackDown? <laughs> yeah, if it's still, if it's still happening. Um, if it's a thing? We'll wrap yes, it up just, that just, to, just to see what they do versus what AEW did tonight with an empty arena. Done deal. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.